This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, back to the field. Bases loaded. The pitch for Yanni. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a green slam home run for Yadier Molina. He touches the ball. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby, and the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. We are at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. Ben Boyd, our executive producer, Mike Anderson, is back at our Cardinals Network studios. And we are joined by Derek Gould in this 7 o'clock hour. We are, uh, what? Award-winning Derek Gould on my The, the award-winning Derek Gould gets your <laughs> accolades in a minute. What are Thanks, we, in guys. the hole for winter warm-up? Oh, yeah. I guess That's the right. deep yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday would be on deck. Yeah, Friday. Tomorrow would be in the hole. We're in the deep hole. Um, I, I don't know any. I don't know that term. In the hole? like when No, I know in the hole, but I didn't know there was one. Hole, I, I think that's yeah. like a little league thing when you're trying to convince yourself that you should put a helmet on when you're I'll go four batters. Uh, the the way we had that in, uh, on my team when I was a kid was uh, you lead off the next inning. Because <laughs> you're going to go one, two, three. That's yeah. what it meant. Or go get your glove. Yeah. You know when you had that guy that was – when you had two out and you knew he couldn't hit, Yeah. And you just go get your glove and put yeah. it on. No, yeah, he started warming up. Time yep. to go out. Yep. I, I'm waiting I was the, that guy. I'm waiting for the first Little League team – uh, or the first select team that institutes the, if there's a guy in the base paths or a guy that makes the last out, somebody has to bring them the hat and the glove it's out coming. onto the field because yeah, that's, that's a big league. Oh, move. yeah, I like that. That's I like that. Yeah. 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 Well, Derek, we, we appreciate you coming out and joining us, man. Of course, you can read Derek in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch uh, online at stltoday.com. And I know the offseason is always busy when it comes to uh, the coverage that you and the great team does at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. But how about this week, man? We're, we're a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting. We have winter warm-up on deck. We have the baseball writers' dinner that we're going to talk about, one yeah. of the couple of dinners that still happens around the country. This week is almost like you're thrust into a couple of days of game coverage, right, in terms of, like, the volume uh, compared to – maybe anything outside of winter meetings or, or GM meetings until we get down to spring training? Yeah, it's pretty similar, actually, to, to winter meetings in the sense that you're kind of on the hamster wheel, wheel right? Like, <laughs> there's people come in, there's interviews, there's news to go up, there's stories to go up, there's transcribing to do. So it's very similar to the winter meetings in that regard in the sense that, like, at the winter meetings you have managers come in, announcements come in, officials come in, that kind of thing, and then you have to write it up immediately. So it, winter warm-up has a – has a pace that is even a little bit more uh, aggressive, especially with the coverage online, than even like a, a regular game day, which has a little bit more of a rhythm to it, is, is not as constant as far as, you know, just kind of cranking out the topics. How, how much has that changed? And I know we talk about the digital age and the Internet and always being on. I mean, things happen. There was yeah. a time when you had a deadline to get a certain amount of stories in, but now it just happens yeah. so quickly 
that you're always on guard. How much has that changed the business? Because you don't have as much time to play with it. You have to be accurate or reasonably accurate. Yeah. And you may have to go freshen it up from time to time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's changed radically. I mean, you used to write once, right? Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, it was like measure seven times, write once. Now it's write immediately. And, you know, so it's completely changed even from when I graduated from college. Um, you know, the first couple of jobs I had in the business, the web was coming into its own, but it was a tool for reporting or for connecting, not a tool for breaking news. Um, you know, that came later. And then, of course, Twitter and Facebook and social media has only accelerated that and more, you know, I mean, exponentially. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned, like, never never or always being on i mean you know that that's something that i'll be candid i i wrestle with like i you know it's like okay is there a time when i can get away from my phone you know is there a time where i can you know go work out and not have my phone with me um you know i mean you guys may know or may not know but i like to swim what do i do yeah, <laughs> you know. You, you mean you don't have the newfangled waterproof phone where you can read your messages? While I may have gotten one today because I'm figuring out <laughs> what am I doing? Like, what do I do? I've learned my phone is not waterproof. Yeah, you, in it, the past, it was but by, by mistake. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's it's like that for the whole industry, right, Derek? And and aside from maybe periods around the holidays or Christmas or Thanksgiving, uh, but you know, Mo was in here with us a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. and he told a story of. When he was wrapping up a deal, and Klaibs, the the player now doesn't come to mind. I think it was Mark Grudzelanik. So it, was, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. a blockbuster deal, but he said it was happening Christmas Eve. His wife wanted to get to mass early because that was Mark it's yeah, and, and it's the Christmas pageant mass. So you have to get there essentially yep. forty minutes early to stake a pew because everyone's there. Yeah, and he said they had to wait till like you know ten minutes before mass because he was trying to get it done. So yeah. I think for everyone, and especially with you know. These things, these phones, as you alluded to, and fans' fingertips, yeah. just the the search and, and the thirst for information is so constant. It's almost like fans get mad at you and the media when Bryce Harper hasn't signed yet in January. Yeah, I get <laughs> – I mean, I can read you some of the emails. They, they, they're they mad at me. Um, one of course guy, they are. Because yeah. you're negotiating the Like deal. one guy on Twitter was bringing up, and, and it's fine, you know, but he was asking, he's like, you know, Harper makes so much sense for the Cardinals where's the media on this? Where's Derek Gould and Bernie Miklas? See, I'm like, I wrote back, I'm like, do you want us to fly to Vegas? I mean, because cause I don't think I have the pocketbook to make that deal happen. But, I mean, we'll go to Vegas, and we can talk to him. We can talk yeah, to him. But, you know, and, and it's funny you bring up Harper when I hear people say that, and I'm like, and I just ask the question, why? What made What's made him the Messiah where I felt he was on better teams in Washington than he was in St. Louis, and they didn't win. Yeah, I mean I think that's an interesting. And he boy. was supposed to be the can. He was their poster child. Okay? That's a real interesting question because and they had better pitching. They had better teams. Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I've long been a believer that there's something off with Washington. There there's an entitlement Let's start at the there. Top with ownership. Yeah. Okay. And also just it's permeated the walls. There was a, a sense of entitlement there. Oh, wait a minute. Are you they, talking about the baseball team or just the whole Oh, Washington oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. I'm talking about the baseball team. Oh, okay. Though. Had a lot of fast food good. in the White House earlier this week. Yeah. What are, what's he going to serve the Red Sox? <laughs> They're going hot, there for Valentine's hot, Day. Long John hot Silvers. Dogs. Yeah. Hot ballpark hot dogs. Yeah. Cold chowder. Yeah. 
I think you're on Captain D's. <laughs> what, what are they going to do? A little taste of Boston. A little lobster roll everybody avoids. You, know, you may that have a few cancellations fresh. on that trip if they're going there to eat. Yeah, that, well, yeah, they might. But, I, you know, I, I think you ask, you ask a good question about Harper. I mean, first of all, I think there's there's been something. There's been an entitlement with Washington. There's been something quite displaced with Washington. Um, this goes back years to even when, what, Davey Johnson was the manager. And I remember spring training sitting in his office, and he was talking about how it's World Series or bust, World Series or bust. And, I, I mean, I was like, but you haven't even won a playoff series. I mean, how can you talk that way? It's, it's hard to win a World Series. You, you don't, you're not born really into hard. it. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, didn't, I didn't get that, but I don't know if Harper was at the nucleus of that or just a product of that. I, I think he was a product of that. Then. Yeah, because he's such a young guy yeah. then, and that you know. So I wonder what him in a different environment, what kind of player he would be. That said, you're right. I mean, I think the biggest statistic that he has going for him is his age. We saw that with Hayward. We see that with Machado. It's yeah. not the slugging percentage. It's not the OPS. It's the age, and it's so fascinating that everybody fixates on that. Yeah, that's where I wanted to go next, and in this age of analytics and projections and almost getting excited about what a player could be because we're trying to determine that a certain age is going to mean a certain peak or a certain skill set or um, a certain projectable statistic, which yeah. I think it's dangerous. We'll do that in a moment. Derek Gould is with us. Uh, we're just getting started. Plenty of Cardinals talk as well, and uh, we are very pleased to be joined by the Missouri Sports Writer of the Year huh. from the National uh, Sports Media Association. A big congrats to Derek and uh, our own Mike Kelly, Mike Kelly, who is the Missouri Sports Broadcaster of the Year. This Many. year, too? Yeah. Pretty fantastic. Many times yeah, over. Pretty fantastic. So Derek is with us. It is Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. We're presented by Ameren. We're going to be back in a moment as we hang out until 8 o'clock at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. Don't forget, if you want to get to Florida, if you want to see all of us, including Derek at work, you can make your plans to head south right now for sunny skies, warm beaches, and Cardinals baseball packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call one 800 892 Seven six eight seven. More with the Cardinals beat writer from the St. Louis Post Dispatch next on St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now back to the countdown to opening day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. It's great to have Derek Gould with us, and it's great to be at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside of Ballpark Village until 8 o'clock tonight on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. A big thanks to Ben Boyd, our executive producer, Mike Anderson, back in our network studios, and, of course, Ann Carroll from the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Don't forget, five, six, and ten-game ticket packs are on sale now and feature 2019's top games and promotional dates. Choose from the Opening Day Pack, the Jersey Pack, the Bobblehead Pack, Cubs Pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just $79. Get yours at cardinals.com slash packs. We're going to talk uh, baseball writers dinner. That's coming up on Sunday night at Union Station Hotel. Of course, you can read Derek in the Post-Dispatch and online at stltoday.com. Derek, you made the interesting comparison. Um, Bryce Harper to Jason Hayward, Manny Machado as well. Guys that reach free agency at almost in unprecedented age, yeah. that, that age of 26 because of how early they get to the big leagues. And I'm wondering and fascinated by baseball where we're seeing more 
front offices uh, run themselves almost like hedge funds as they have more information at their fingertips Mm -hmm. and uh, analytical minds that come from outside the game, how we will see the market progress as we not only learn more about what it means to award a contract to a player at an unprecedented age in free agency, but also at the same time, that other axis, we're going to have more guys reaching free agency earlier because of, in my opinion, coming up earlier. Yeah, yeah. The, how good the talent is, how young some of the guys are, the Juan Sotos, Ronald Acuna's. I mean, while we get more information, they're going to be almost more tantalizing options four or five years down the road yeah. than there have ever been before. Yeah, I think a lot of those guys will probably sign extensions, though, if this can, current market kind of lasts because they'll want to avoid free agency yeah, and maybe. go for the guarantee. And you'll maybe see on the pitching like, side especially. Yeah, but even for like, uh, like a Soto or some of those guys, you'll see a trout type of model for them. So, you know, they're still reaching free agency at 30-31, but they're they're getting paid healthfully, you know, at 26, 27, 28, and they get the guarantee if they get an injury, 25. So, I think you're starting to see that because what's happened in the game is it's all about risk management. Yeah. And Mike sees this a lot, you know, where it's just one thing that concerns me. And we talked about I talked about this with Ben Fredericks and my colleague at the Post Dispatch and on the best podcast in baseball, is that I think we often and we're in the media talking about this but we also see this with uh you know just the teams and this is where the language is coming from where they talk about not the best talent they talk about the best value and we see teams this this winter making decisions on players that's like well that's not the best guy for them right that's just the best price for that guy absolutely but that's a lesser player you know that's a lesser player than they could have so they're trying to maximize i mean it's just kind of a weird stretch where like a Derek Holland deal. I think I mean, you read that and you go, well, wait a minute. Is that what are they? Is that the best guy that they could get? Is no, that the best fit the for money, them? But you it's know the what? There's value. a lot of dice rolling taking place. Absolutely. Right now. Hey, I wanted to ask you about the Hall of Fame. I personally think a baseball sports writer who covers the game, not these guys who have a vote, uh, who don't do anything. I think your job <laughs> is the hardest job in sports because the other sports, they have committees. The NFL, they put 46 guys in a room, and they sell each other on the other guy. The Hall of Fame vote, I think, is is so challenging, mm-hmm. especially in this era because there's so much more video and guys are involved in the game, you know, outside the game, whether they're broadcasters or not. A front log on the ballot? Yeah. yeah I mean, log, it, yeah. it's – it's That's a good way to and, put it. And throw in the fact that you've got the steroid issue players mm-hmm. that are more prevalent now. I think that's Joe Sheehan's term, by the how, way. I'll give him credit. Uh, how, <laughs> how tough is it now for you to vote compared to the, your first vote? Well, my first vote wasn't all that long ago. Um, my first vote was Griffey's year. And it was that really, was a no-brainer. That was yeah, a it was really. Yeah. It was. It was. I appreciated it. I, I'm. I'm a sucker for the sim- symbolism and everything like that. Like I, I went and mailed my last year. I took my son to m- mail my ballot at the post box. It was by my house where I grew up, where I would send off cards to get autographed and stuff like that. I like this is where where I sent my college applications off. Um, yeah, we used to do that by mail. <laughs> oh I yeah, like I heard a about dinosaur that. Yeah. this. But, uh, but I've mailed it from that post box. This year I mailed it from uh, the post box right right nearby Coors Field because um, I was in town and uh, was like, well, I'll take my – my son was with me again. 
and went with him and mailed it from there. So I'm I'm a sucker for symbolism. So it was very easy to for my first ever Hall Hall of Fame vote to make it Ken Griffey Jr. Um, I I kind of entered this midstream um, as far as the steroid stuff go. These guys had already been on the ballot. They'd already not been elected. They were still there. Uh, this year is m arguably one of the most crowded ballots of all time. Um, yep. If if you want to go with wins above replacement as a starting point, not as the litmus test, but as a starting point, there were more players with more than 50 war than ever before <laughs> um, on the ballot. Um, so you, you, you have to do what you can. Um, you know, you guys know I've been very active with the Baseball Writers Association. Um, you know, my first ballot coincided with me also being president of the organization, which coincided with me having lots and lots of conversations about the hall, about how to improve voting, how to make it more transparent, how to do things. Um, people who came before me, uh, Susan Slusser, who covers the A's, and others have, and Tim Brown, um, who works for Yahoo Sports, they have they had proposed before I even got in to uh, the presidency. They had proposed to the hall to expand the ballot. The argument being that it should be 12, not not 10. Um, the you know the the big the big send up of that was the fact that the ballot has not changed, and yet there's been expansion to 30 mm -hmm. teams. Yeah. So why can't the ballot at least reflect expansion? And you if know, we can add wild card that. teams and add yeah. the wild card, right? And the the hall tabled that. I, you know, I've I've advocated for a straight up yes no ballot. Um, hmm. I think that's what the hall is asking us to do. Instead, you know, instead of the the hall's question to the voters, to your point, Mike, is is this player hall of worthy of the Hall of Fame? Right. And it's yes or no. Right now, what the ballot is asking us is who are the ten most worthy Hall of Famers? And that's created all of this like just teeth gnashing and all this thing right you know somebody one of my friends a few of my friends who i really respect um you know a few of them have voted for manny ramirez i'm like i can't i can't wrap my head around that <laughs> a, a few guys have voted for omar Vizquel. i can't and, and like people who i really like enjoy talking baseball with love the way they cover the game they voted for omar Vizquel. i'm like i can't wrap my head around that like i can't wrap my head around an omar Vizquel vote and not a larry walker vote or an Omar Vizquel vote and not a Jeff Kent vote. I just, I, I mean, I, I, I'd love to hear the discussion, but that's where we're at. And, yeah. and I, I honestly think that, like, if there was a yes-no for me, I'd be, I would be like, yes, for Larry Walker. Man, Jeff Kent would be a tough one for me, but a lot of people – um, would probably go yes. Um, Omar Vizquel, I don't think, would be a yes for me still. But, but it also has created, and I give um, the Hall – and I give baseball credit for what they're doing now, Derek, every three years with the three different era votes uh, from the Veterans Committee that happens at Major League Baseball's winter meetings with the Golden Era and the New Era. Um, I'll butcher the names. But it, <laughs> all, it also leads to, you know, Harold Baines gets elected by his peers this year, and you have sports writers that it almost, to me, read like, you know, Harold Baines had character flaws, and how dare he be inducted into the Hall of yeah. Fame by his peers? It was—I thought it was disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that was unfortunate. And, and for a baseball fan, it's like, I love the Hall of Fame, and I love going there. This guy was elected by his peers. Why? 
then since this is part of the process, if you don't agree with it, do you have to almost make a show out of not agreeing with it? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not one who does that, so I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying you. I don't know what the motivation is. Yeah, you I, mentioned I, Tim Brown, one of his colleagues at understand. the time. I heard him very loudly doing that on his podcast. Yeah. He's now since changed affiliations. To ESPN, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess you're talking about Jeff and yeah. uh, Jeff Passon. And, and, like, and I, I guess I'd like to talk to him. Um, you know, I – Somebody asked me, like, how would you feel if you're Harold Baines and you're hearing these yeah. people dissect and just ridicule your career? And I, and I said, I wouldn't care because tomorrow yeah. I wake up I'm, a Hall I'm of Famer. Yeah. Fam- yeah. and, and also, no one's going to take yeah, that exactly. away from me. And it's, on the flip side, it's if going on my gravestone. Mm-hmm. If you're the writer or if you're um, Chris Russo having Tony La Russa on his show. Yeah, that was something. He's yeah. not on the ballot that the writers are voting on. So why do – how does it affect you personally if his peers elected him? It does not, except for, like, I want to, like, I guess the argument would be, look, some of being a writer is being a gatekeeper. Some of being sure. a writer is being a watchdog. Some of the, the notions of covering um, that the I, Cardinals yep. is holding them to the status of a public trust, not just a business. They are here through the grace of their fan base and through the grace of the history that came before them. The, the, the DeWitt family, John Moselak, the front office, all these folks that have this now, the standards were set long before they showed up. They are, they are inheriting. Stewards. They're stewards of the. They, that's right. They are stewards of the Cardinals. Um, in that way, you think it, you know, the writer wants to speak out and say, hey, look, this is a dilution of the hall. And I want to come out forcefully f- for that. I understand that, um, but you don't need to demolish a yeah. guy to make that point. Almost but embarrass a, a good yeah. guy too, by the way. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I uh, you know. I don't yeah. know him. I I know him through Tony, which is also, by the way, how the committee knows. And again, him. we a, should another, all have another a Tony Larusa yeah. advocate for or us. Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah. Oh I'm man, I, I, Jerry nodded. We should all have Tony Larusa yeah. on our side. I hope when it he's comes. around when I'm trying to get to heaven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. see if he's got any juice with the big guy. Yeah, no, I just I'm if the IRS comes calling, I'm calling Tony. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That may happen before. I hope the IRS calls me before the big guy does. Yeah, so I yeah, think you're yeah, right yeah. about that. Clips, you're very self-aware because you said trying yeah. to get to heaven. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Derek Gould is with us. We do know Lee Smith is headed to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. We also know he's going to be at the Baseball Writers Dinner on Sunday at Union Station Hotel. We'll talk about the dinner. We'll get into the Cardinals as well because in a dormant, perhaps, offseason so far, uh, compared to the rest of the industry, they've been uh, maybe anything but that. It's Cardinals countdown to opening day. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne, Derek Gould is hanging out with us until the top of the hour at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village, and we're back after this in the Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up Saturday, January 19th. This Saturday through Monday, January 21st. Purchase warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets at cardinals.com slash WWU. Derek Gould is with us from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. You can read them in the paper at stltoday.com as well. And uh, Derek, a big part of... The winter warm-up weekend is always the baseball writer's dinner. It's Sunday night, Union Station Hotel. Still uh, a couple of seats remaining. Be quick. Go to MetroTix.com or call 534-1111. And we're going to talk to Bob Costas in, in the next hour. He's getting the red Shane Deanst medal. But, yeah. you know, as, as not just a... 
past president of the Writers Association, Derek, but uh, with your involvement here in, in St. Louis, how much pride do you guys take, even if it means a little extra work, that this is one of the last couple of events like this we see throughout the country? Yeah, one of the last two, really, um, that's independent. You have the one in New York where um, they have New York as their tailwind and yeah. all the awards. Um, they get to present, uh, you know, all the, MV the MVP, the the Cy Young Manager of the Year and Rookie of the Year. So they have a little bit of an edge, and yet here we are in St. Louis with such a strong support for the dinner that we're able to continue it. We take a lot of pride in it. I I uh, personally take a lot of pride in how what we use the dinner for, um, you know, to generate scholarships, to fund an internship at the Post-Dispatch. It's the only internship of its kind that is funded by baseball riders through some this dinner. impressive alumni as well. We have had some impressive alumni. This past year, um, you know, we had Ben Fredrickson, who's now a sports columnist at the Post-Dispatch, and Joe Trezza, who covered the Cardinals for MLB.com and is now the Orioles B-Rider. Both of them are former Recumble interns at the Post-Dispatch who have worked with us. Um, you know, you have, uh, you know, I mean, Mitchell Forty, who covers Mizzou. Um, people might know that name. Oh, yeah. Former... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember him. Yeah, former uh, Hummel intern. Um, so you have, uh, you know, you have that. I, I, I'll be in. When I was a student He's at Mizzou, no, I, I'm gonna stop. I'm uh, gonna let that go. Yeah, that was a day. Um, <laughs> Mitchell handled himself well. I mean, he, you know, he. That's a great learning experience for a True. young guy. And to He's see, doing a great job for Power Mizzou yeah, right now. Yeah, and to see a young guy stand up. I mean, I know his dad very well. His dad is obviously Pat Forty. Um, with Yahoo and formerly of ESPN, and I know I've known him for actually for decades now because he's from Colorado as well. Um, that's where he got his nickname from. And you, you, you so I, I know, but to see Mitchell stand up for himself and handle himself that well, I mean that's a pro's pro, and that's one of the things that we like to work with the interns. When I was a student at Mizzou, I received one of the scholarships from. They, there was a result of the riders' dinner. I don't know if that's like a plus or a negative for people oh, you to turn out okay. You are but, all right, yeah. but it was a huge deal. It was, it was very that cool. hockey education you got that <laughs> made you the baseball writer you I, are today. I got a I got a text message from I don't know if I should. I got a text message. You can name drop when the when the award information came out. I got uh, I got a message from Michael Farber from Sports Illustrated, and he was giving me a hard time. Because it, he, he was saying it, it wouldn't have taken so long if you still covered hockey. <laughs> <laughs> the Missouri sports like <laughs> I said, well, I needed a, I needed a slower pace sport to really bring out my best. Hey, hey speaking of hardware, and yeah. I'll put you on the spot here. Okay. For the awards that the Writers Association vote on, but also the awards that are handed out through other means, mm -hmm. has there ever been – a time that you can recall in the last handful of years and a team that didn't make the playoffs who will bring back players that finished at the top or in the top five of MVP voting, mm -hmm. Cy Young voting, Rookie of the Year voting, Manager of the Year voting, won a gold glove, and Miles Michaelis' case also probably comeback player of the year. Cardinals had a presence in all, all of that of award all voting, you're the top of it. And yeah. almost every guy, I think, received at least a third-place vote. Carpenter finished a, had a third-place vote? I think he received a third-place vote and finished sixth overall. I'll, wow. No, I'll pull I, up I believe great it. There was a transparent website. There yeah. was a really, yeah, that, that was a, that's a big part of he it. He may have it? been the one. I, I know that 
Bader did. I know the Pittsburgh. Did there was a Pittsburgh voter who had him very high. Okay, if I remember but, correctly. Yeah. I mean, for all those guys to be around the top five or inside the top five, and, and, and there was and a Mike West Schilt, Mike Schilt as well with half a season. That's, yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. I I can't think of a team like that. I mean, Washington, but wouldn't have had the manager. Um, you know, the past few years, Washington was not a playoff team or was eking around, and it. But they it, always represented. But they had the you know like a You're Rendon right. or. Or Harper, and then Scherzer would Cubs win. Cubs maybe with Arietta and Brent. well, but no, yeah. they didn't have a rookie. They didn't have a rookie, yeah, yeah, or um, a comeback, or a comeback. was this year, yeah, but. yeah, and they didn't have the manager either. I mean, there was a time when Joe Madden wasn't receiving a whole lot of. I mean, this year he received a couple of votes. This but year he received a lot of hey, backlash. Is he well. dead man walking? Yeah, in Chicago, it sure seems that way. I mean, I'm not hearing anything. I'm eager to see what happens this weekend. I know the Cardinals winter warmup will have all of our attention. But the Cubs put on a, a show in Chicago. Yeah. Um, they have, you know, what late night with Ryan Dempster and Theo and Jed get up there. Uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer get up there, and they, you know, they last last year they played like party games with Dempster. They they put on a show, and in doing that show, they also let their guard down. Um, and I think that's true for the players. That's true for management. Um, they are out to entertain. I'm eager to see what comes out of that. You know, how much interaction is there between Madden, who maybe didn't get the yeah. memo about not selling his own stuff and focusing on the team this winter, certainly didn't get it at the winter meetings, um, you know, what the, what the relationship is like there and what the interaction is like there. Because, you know, Madden has earned his say on things. And increasingly we see front offices that want all the say on things. And I wonder where that tension goes. Uh, before we take our final break here, Derek, in terms of putting on a show, uh, you guys do a great job at, at the Baseball Writers' Dinner. And, you know, Rick Hummel said to Klaibs and, and me a couple of weeks ago that one of the things he loves that you do now is kind of these panels and discussions, and yeah. you're going to have a group of the rookies, and you're going to have MVPs, and you're going to have Hall of Famers. And if someone hasn't been to one of these events, how would you describe what it's like to – see some of these guys in a different environment yeah i think it's a it's an environment that invites storytelling it's a, an environment that invites um ribbing which you don't <laughs> often see with the television camera pointed at guys you get to see some exchanges um you get to see some guys who really um you know play to the audience which you, you also don't get to see too often um there are guys Bob Gibson is one. Uh, Bob Euchre, when he came, oh. was definitely Maybe one. one of the best oh. um, ever. Yep, one of, the, one of the strongest ever. But I think also guys like Keith Hernandez, you know, they, they like to play, or they're, they're very good at playing to the crowd. And, you know, they're, they, they tell stories that they wouldn't tell with a microphone in their face or a television in their, you know, camera in their face. They tell it, you know, to in, in entertain the dinner. So I think you see a personality come out, especially like, like a guy with my, like Miles Michaelis, oh. you know, I think if you, you probably have an appreciation for him as a pitcher, probably have a sense of his personality. Th this is a this is going to be an arena where he gets to shine. I think Bader and Flaherty will see a little bit of that as well. Probably Flaherty, yeah. <laughs> Flaherty, Flaherty uh, did you know he caught everybody's attention that that one time when he stepped up there to win the player uh, or pitcher of the year award for the organization that brought out. I'm I'm excited if you'll permit me. I'm excited for Vera Clemente and Sharon oh, Robinson absolutely. being there. Um, the Branch Ricky Award Branch is Ricky something award. that many of us have wanted 
for several years to have, um, you know, kind of this, and the Red Cheney's Award is another example, the Red Cheney's Medal, is the signature national awards that originate from St. Louis baseball. We, we wanted to capture, uh, we wanted to, to put into awards something from the wellspring of baseball here. And having the Branch Rickey Award that, that now for innovation in baseball, and then to have baseball royalty, Vera Clemente and Sharon Robinson, coming to receive it in person. And it, and it, it I mean, it, it's, it's going to be a great honor because the award is going to them for That's what awesome. they've done. And, they, you know, they have the last names that sing out, and we have, you know, Roberto Clemente Award and Jackie Robinson Day. But what Vera and Sharon and Rachel Robinson have done to foster and develop and encourage philanthropy in baseball and education in baseball is 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 so widespread that it I, I think it's changed what it means to have a legacy um, and that's what we're honoring and the Jackie Robinson award too I think one of the best things baseball has done and will continue to catch on is to name some of these awards for most of them have names of the now. yeah I, I just mean catching on in terms of the public and yeah, yeah. kind of our everyday lingo uh, so I'm going to go chat to be named later on you when we come back. Okay. We'll rapid Can't fire wait. a couple of questions. One more segment with Derek Gould on Cardinals Countdown Opening Day presented by Ameren and the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. The 2019 Cardinals official calendar spotlights the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to unbreakable Cardinal records. And it's on sale now at St. Louis area retailers or by calling 345-9000. We'll give one away right now. Caller 3 at 314-531-1120. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne. And five more minutes with Derek Gould here on the program. You can read them in the Post-Dispatch and your chat every week. An indispensable piece for so many cardinal fans so we'll throw well, a couple rapid fire rapid at you fire because all right. got less than five minutes chris you go here's first. first the following player will be in right field on opening day for the cardinals dexter fowler jose martinez or other uh who's starting for the brewers oh it doesn't matter fowler <laughs> <laughs> the cardinals going into spring training or short how many players to be the legitimate contender in the division not as a wild card, but to win the division. They are short one player from run, from getting a healthy edge on the division. The, the roster right now could win the division, but to take away some suspense, they are one player away. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt will finish with over under 29 and a half home runs, in over. your opinion, and based on the lineup and Marcelo Zuna, 27-and-a-half. Uh, Goldschmidt over, maybe substantially over. I mean, that he's going to rake. This is, a good, this is a good division for him to hit. Mm. Um, he, he does well against the pitchers. He does well at the ballparks. He's, he's, he's set up for a good thing. I, I think Ozuna's poised. We'll, we have to know his health. Sure. And, and that's something that this weekend will gain more clarity. And the chatters always bring all of the information to the table when they throw they questions. They really at you. allow me <laughs> to. They really love it when I parse their uh, their questions. But I, I think you're you're in for a really strong year from Marcelo Zuna. I think that could happen, but still, but you might have the under in home runs. What was it? Twenty-seven and a half. You said. Yeah, I mean, twenty-five is still it's really still a good, good year. year. Yeah. Carlos Martinez's best role in this ball Ooh. club will be served where starter. 
Interesting. So that's not. I didn't say that that's the role he'll have. Right. But I like 180 innings, 190 innings from Carlos Martinez more than I like 80. And I might like Alex Reyes as the eventual closer or Jordan Hicks as the eventual closer than Carlos Martinez as the closer to start the year. This is a little more big picture. How do you describe the pitching depth the club has right now available to them at the big league level and close to the big league level compared to the last, uh, we'll just say while you've covered this club and, and over this run they've been on over the last decade? I think it's more quantity than they've ever had. Um, that is not a synonym for certainty. But quantity can be important, especially when you find yourself trading for Justin Masterson in July. Quantity can hold <laughs> serve. Qua- yeah. Well, quantity, yeah. You or, need innings, right? Or uh, Mike Moroth. You know, oh, I boy. mean, yeah. You really are going back. All right. Well, we were uh, there for it. You're right. And actually, that ballpark existed when it happened. This is true. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Uh, quantity. But quantity tough. should not be substitute for certainty. And give me... One player, one prospect fans might not be familiar with that will have the Stephen Piscotty perhaps type year or type contribution, a, a guy who will be a mainstay maybe in the last two months of this season. Yenesis Cabrera. That seems like a okay, good player. Okay, so I was going to roll this one by you. Who is the one guy that will make everybody pay attention to him in spring training, whether it was Jairo Munoz? We've always had a guy that wasn't on the big picture. Yeah. I thought Adolis Garcia was that guy last. I thought he had as good oh of a spring gosh, training as anyone. Oh, my gosh, he had a great anyone. spring. He had a great spring. So who was that guy this year? Give you two names. It's either Lane Thomas, the outfielder, who went bonkers this past year and was overlooked for some odd reason, or uh, Ramon Urias, I believe. Yeah. Um, the second baseman out of Mexico who just hits everywhere. Derek Gould, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Again, MetroTix.com for the writer's dinner. Uh, read Derek in the paper at stltoday.com. Thanks so much, man. It Just flies by here. Man. We'll yeah. bother you this weekend at winter warm-up. All and right. If not, we'll bother you a whole lot in spring trading. <laughs> yeah, we'll all be there. We'll have plenty of time. <laughs> Back in a moment on KMOX. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. What a blast having Derek Gould with us. Don't forget the U.S. women's national soccer team returns to Bush Stadium May 16th. Tickets on sale now at cardinals.com slash soccer. Lots more baseball talk coming up. Mike Schilt will join us. Bob Costas, that and more in our 8 o'clock hour of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Chris Ramby, Mike Claiborne with you. Ben Boyd, Mike Anderson along as well. We're presented by Ameren, and we're back after this in the Cardinals Radio Network. All right, back to the field. Bases loaded the pitch for Yanni. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a grand slam home run for Yadier Molina. He touches the ball. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Second hour of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you. Nice hanging out with Derek Gould at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village in our 7 o'clock hour. And Claibs, I know that she was just with us a couple of weeks ago, but uh, before we go any further, do want to again say congratulations to Jen Langosh, who is moving into uh, more of an editor and mentor role with MLB. She announced that this week. I know it'll be great for her and her family to maybe change the routine a little bit, change the travel a little bit. And, you know, we're so spoiled with 
uh, some of the Cardinal writers that we have covering the team here, and along with Derek and Rick Hummel, and, you know, I That's it. don't want to leave people no, out, but that, you, Jen has good. been incredible. She's already been a mentor to me, and I know to a lot of folks in the St. Louis area, and, you know, with a young daughter and uh, a family here in St. Louis, what an opportunity for her to move into a new role that I know she's very passionate about, and the statements that she's made on Twitter. We'll catch up with her again on the show soon, but did just want to acknowledge her. No, I, I agree with you, Chris, and I, I don't know if people understand what a grind it is for a, a beat writer um, you know, I was talking to Derek Gould, who was just honored recently. It's one thing to cover a team 24-7. It's another thing to juggle a family and everything else that comes with it. Uh, it it's just uh, it's, it's a challenge, and I'm happy for her. I'm sad that she's not going to be part of something we do on a daily basis, but I thought Jennifer Langosh was the best reporter for teaching the game to people who didn't play. Uh, very good information-wise. And never talked down or wrote down to her readers. And just a, a hard-working person and was a real professional in an era where being unprofessional seems to be one of the keys. But I, I'm going to miss her because she was terrific to, to work with. And uh, her her wit and her sense of humor is what I'm going to miss also. All right, we're going to visit with Bob Costas in this hour. Also, Mike Schilt. They will both be at the Baseball Writers' Dinner on Sunday night, you know, Klebs, we talk all the time about the Cardinals calendar and the beautiful 2019 Cardinals calendar. And one hangs in our office at KMOX, and uh, there is just an awesome photo of Mike Schiltz yeah. and Tony LaRussa. Yeah. Tony's in his red jacket. Mike's in the uh, home uniform. And you can see the red Shandings patch on Mike's left arm. He's talking with Tony, and I think it just perfectly kind of epitomizes Tony, his role now, and how so many people lean on him. And Mike, the guy who's always talking baseball, but who's always listening. Yeah, you know what? It's a great picture. Scott Rovac took it, and what what a phenomenal job he does with photography, uh, certainly with the Cardinals and also the St. Louis Blues, but it captures so much in the photo, and uh, it just it's one of those true pictures is worth a thousand words. You can see Tony's rings. You can see Mike Schilt's, uh the red shades patch. How do, how, do, how do I get one of those rings? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking with some of those guys coming up at the Baseball Writers' Dinner on Sunday. So don't go anywhere. Again, a big second hour. The Skipper joins us next. Then Bob Costas will talk Cardinals caravans as well with Martin Coco. That is all uh, here in the 8 o'clock hour of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Also, don't forget, as we are at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside of Ballpark Village across from Bush Stadium at the U.S. Women's National Soccer team returns to Bush Stadium on May 16th. Tickets on sale now at cardinals.com slash soccer. Mike Schilt with us next. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you. Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Ameren on the Cardinals radio network. Now, back to the countdown to opening day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you on the Cardinals Radio Network. And great to visit with Cardinals skipper Mike Schilt as we get ready for winter warm-up, the Cardinal Caravans, and what should be a really, really fun weekend of baseball in St. Louis. Mike, how are you, man? Doing fantastic, guys. How about yourself? We're doing well. Uh, this is always such a fun time of year, despite maybe the temperature, to come together in St. Louis, talk baseball, get people excited inside of a month now from pitchers and catchers reporting. I know the offseason uh, still moving along, but what's this time of year like for you, Mike, especially now as the manager being a month away from getting things going in camp? Well, just got back from Florida last week, really good three days with our field staff and um, 
talking about the guys and how we're going to do spring training and everybody's excited and really love our plan that we've got working and you know once that first year hits the juices start to flow and it's time to hit some fungos and see some bp and start to play some baseball you know mike that's interesting you had a chance to to spend time with your staff because you know a lot of times you bring staffs together and they don't get on the field and talk about situations and how they want to approach things where everybody's on the same page compared to saying, well, when I was in such and such or with this team or that team, this is how we did it. And while you may take that advice in, you all still are on the same page, so there won't be the confusion that I think sometimes we see in sports when you bring coaches from different areas. You guys have had a chance to work through a lot of things that won't be necessarily a challenge when the season gets underway. Yeah, Claves, you nailed it. That's a, that was the genesis of the meeting. You know, we've got a group that's back in large portion, and we've got some guys that are um, we've added to the staff. And, and the good news is everybody really is fairly like-minded. And like-minded doesn't mean we always agree with everything. To your point, guys have different perspectives, which is welcome, uh, different points of view, different things they'd like to think about, and we do. And, and you know, that provided us the, the time to iron those out, work through it, talk through it, um, continue to talk through it, but really ultimately just figure out how we're going to how we're going to message how we're going to coordinate and how we're going to support each other and and run an effective consistent camp with quality instruction mike give folks an idea and and fans who maybe don't get to peek behind the curtain what goes on in jupiter this time of year and and leading up to all the big leaguers trickling in and and then eventually it becoming very very busy with games going in the minor leaguers there but even right now with some of the instruction that's going on some of the players that are either there that that live in the area uh, and all of the staff and resources it takes to give guys a chance if they want to use that incredible facility throughout the offseason before camp even gets going. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts down the complex, which I love, and it's expanding, which, again, is a real positive, and just a lot of good things going on down there. You know, we've got um, – clearly we were down there last week, instructional camps going on, so there's 40-plus guys, including 13 um, – non-invited rostered guys are going to be coming to big league camp so we got a chance to interact with with some of those guys coming up and um so you know it was just a just a quality opportunity for us to integrate with them and you know you see and look up there's miles coming in and john gant and paul de young and yachty is down there now and more guys are trickling in and um so a lot of good things are happening in the complex and and you know just more we can be together more we can spend time together and the more guys can feel free to get down there and get their work in and in a in a controlled but relaxed setting is nothing but positive. Not as much media down there in January. That must be kind of a bummer. We could <laughs> like FaceTime our scrums. I did not say we that. We could FaceTime our scrums every day. Well, well, that's why Claves is going down like tomorrow. Well, I just want to make sure the grass is green. I got nothing else to say to anybody until we start playing for keeps. But, you know, one of the things, Mike, I want, I was interested in, for you, you've been part of a, a lot of spring trainings, and you've helped organize some. How much did you have to make sure you didn't overdo this with regard to information and ideas that you thought about sitting on various benches in your career? Because you don't want to have everybody's hair on fire too early, but yet and still you want to get enough work in where you feel like you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, again, good good point, Clays. And that's, that's the um, – you know, some of what we talk about and continue to look at and, and get feedback on. Of course, you you plan for the black and white, then you adjust to the gray when the when the camp starts. But you know, there's a, there's methodology to how spring training looks and the flow of it and the um, the push of it and the and then the kind of the pull back of it and then you know ramp it back up and and you know 
the biggest thing we think about is trying to keep the, the routine um, seem as fresh as possible. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's a, it's a you know, spring training for me doesn't get long because I love it and, you know, most guys do, but, you know, it can get a little re- repetitious. And, um, you know, the, the charge that I, I have for myself and the staff and to make the make it engaging for the players is to make the routine seem fresh. And what we're going to do is continue to introduce certain fundamentals and, and things we need to know we need to execute and then progress it to the next level, master it, progress it, master it, progress it to the point where um, everybody owns it. Mike Schilt is with us for a few more minutes on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Uh, Mike, we spoke at the winter meetings uh, in Las Vegas after uh, you were able to um, meet with the media and, and we talked about Paul Goldschmidt a little bit, but uh, we haven't spoken since the Andrew Miller acquisition. So uh, from your standpoint, what kind of a move was that for your club, for your bullpen, and uh, what kind of player in person are you getting uh, as far as you know in Andrew Miller? Yeah, hats off to the front office again. You know, we identified a need and multiple needs that Paul Goldschmidt was able to to um, satisfy. And, you know, clearly Andrew Miller is a huge addition to a, to the bullpen and, you know, even more um, effective, with, you know, being able to, to, to go get those lefties. So, um, yeah, just a great move and a great thing about it uh, besides what's on the paper and what it looks like there and the history that Andrew brings and the stability he'll bring. Um is also just talking to Andrew before, even before he signed and after he signed. This is a guy that is um, was really sincere in his in his free agency about going someplace that he knew he could um, have a really legitimate chance of winning a World Series. And we spoke about that. And of course, that's music to, to my and our ears. And um, so we're synced up with the vision of, of how competition looks and what our uh, what our mission is. And um, so it's you know, and everybody I talk to, I get texts and similar to Goldie about about Andrew with, you know, the abilities there, but I had, you know, multiple, multiple texts about just a high quality guy he is and high character guy he is and, you know, people saying how much they loved him and appreciated him, admired him, respected him off the field. So he'll fit right in our clubhouse, this organization, and couldn't be more excited to have him. How how do you handle him? I mean, you know, he's had some injuries. He knows his body better than anyone. Will there be a slow walk to get him into a comfortable mode? Uh, going into spring training, or is he at that point in his career where let's just go out and do what we do and we'll see where it goes from there? I think like a lot of guys, that'll be really the next couple of weeks, Glaves, is uh, we'll we'll take temperature of the guys and, and the guys like Andrew and, and uh, Goldie and, and, of course, the guys that we we know a little bit more. But the, the guys that, you know, have more, a little more established going through camp and know what camp looks like for them and pretty much know what the roles will look like and, um, you know, we'll work with them to make sure that that everybody's on the same page of getting them ready for that that home that that opener in Milwaukee. You know, Mike, you're part of the I-70 Baseball Coaches Clinic coming up on Sunday and Monday. You're speaking on Monday. The website is i70clinic.com over in Greenville, Illinois, and you're speaking about team chemistry, uh, building team chemistry. You had so many guys down the stretch when you went on that run last year that were in. A variety of different roles, guys that were everyday players who came up to the big leagues and maybe weren't, guys who had been starters who went to the bullpen, guys that did a ton of things. And when you hear a player like Andrew Miller uh, say when he spoke to the media for the first time, he had a bunch of offers, but, you know, getting saves or finishing a game or having a defined role wasn't what he was concerned with. It was what you said, winning a World Series. What can that do for your whole team when a player who's accomplished as much as he has says that from the get-go before he's even put on a Cardinal uniform. 
Well, it's huge. You know, it starts in the clubhouse and, um, you know, ultimately the one thing I've always appreciated from day one of this organization, you have people that, that care as much or more about the, the birds on the bat than they do about their own careers. And that can be difficult and challenging, but that's, um, what makes this organization special. And, um, you know, when you have guys that are, that, you know, clearly look, we, we get it and we want the guys to do well individually. We want them to get all the rewards they deserve and, and their talents and hard work, you know, that they earn. But when you get a group of people that, that have, have a similar focus on, on, uh, you know, reaching the promised land, that's winning the world series. And, you know, some of your personal stuff gets set aside and you're more flexible and willing to, to do what's best for the greater good. And, and that's, that's just a special environment. And it's one that we, uh, continue to, to want to cultivate and, uh, maintain. You know, uh, one of the things about being a manager of the Cardinals, you're on the rubber chicken circuit quite a bit. I'm sure you've gone to a lot of dinners and you've spoken to a lot of people. I just want to warn you, after you win your first <laughs> World Series, it intensifies even more. But that's something you like doing, I was, I would assume, because you love talking the game and people want to hear from you. How, how much fun have you had with the non-managing lineup changes and rosters and things of that nature, the other things that come with being the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals? You know, I really enjoy it. I, uh, I've always viewed it, and I've been able to, since I was young, growing up in a clubhouse and observing guys, you know, managing, coming up, you know, even through double A and, and seeing what their responsibilities looked like and how they um, were able to to accept that as, as part of the manager's job. And, you know, Tony's always been a good um, guide for me to, to help me embrace what that looks like and understand my responsibilities. But, you know, having a responsibility to do it, be a mouthpiece organization, one thing, enjoying it's another thing. And I do, I enjoy, I love doing both. You know, I enjoy the organization talking about it. Um, I love interacting with our, with our fan base and the baseball people that you come in touch with and the passion. And, um, you know, really this off season just continues to, to energize me as far as, and um, I don't know if it amazed me anymore, but just, I appreciate, I guess is the right word for how special this organization is. And you see that people, regardless of where you go, they're just excited and, and love, love Cardinal baseball. And, you know, you get a chance to share some things with them and, and um, talk to them about it, and it's just you know it's just baseball people talking baseball, and and uh, hopefully give them a little bit of glimpse of how we do things and what we do, and and um, get them excited as well. So I enjoy it, and, and can't wait after that that twelfth um, World Series to to do it more so. Mike, while well, you've been getting settled in St. Louis and have been uh, either you know at Target or at the grocery store or, or out and about, <laughs> have you had any fans suggest any lineups or? Who should hit second for you, or you know where Goldschmidt should go, or what the rotation should look like? Have you gotten any any friendly feedback? Not necessarily, not a lot. You know, I get, um, you know, I don't go out a, a ton. I don't get recognized a, a, a whole lot, which is which is fine. Um, but I do, you know, have the interaction and, and people talk, and you know, a lot of them just encouraged and excited and, and positive about what's going on in the season. Of course, people ask a question, you know, where do you think you'll use Miller? You know. Um, something along those lines, but you know, I, you know, I mostly welcome those conversations um, and enjoy it and the, the banner. But you know, I um, look as we're talking baseball, and I'm in the in the you know Whole Foods or in the supermarket or you know going to going to dinner. Heck, I you know we'll sit and talk and you know exchange some ideas. That's that's no problem. Mike, final thing, we'll put you on the spot. Last week we had Jack Flaherty on, and we <laughs> asked him because he was chirping a little bit about. 
you know, pitchers and his work over the offseason outside of just throwing. We said. By the way, he wants to hit a little bit yeah. more, too. Uh, he, he wants to work on the backfield. He'll make that and, suggestion. And, yeah. In the exhibition games when he's not pitching, he wants to go take some swings on the backfield. So be ready for that. We asked him if if you were playing <laughs> if you were playing hoops or flag football or something else, decathlon pitchers versus lineup players who would win. He said emphatically, pitchers, who would you take if you had to take a side Ooh. for a non-baseball kind of Olympic-style competition? I can't go into general mode because it's just um, – <laughs> 24 other yeah. guys that listen to this show. So no, you're that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, honestly, you'd have to, you'd have to, and I'm not encouraging you to do this, but you have to pair it up and give me a, a real uh, chance to evaluate who's on each side. We might have to do that at the end of spring training. All right. Yeah, uh, once you get a look at everybody, we can go, we'll ask you that question again. That's uh, a good yeah, idea, Chris. Yeah. That's somewhat fair. I tell you what might be better. Wait, we'll just have a media Olympics. And, oh, uh, yeah. That'll, um, well, it, it might take a lot longer. Here's the problem. All, 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 the events, <laughs> all of the events would take a lot longer. Listen, yeah. the first thing you yeah, got to go find some thing. athletes, Mike. That that'll be the first oh, problem. No, it would be it, it would be like you know drinking, walking with the coffee cup without spilling it. That's would a be good. Ty- that's a good typing, category. Typing, typing, yeah. typing words per minute, getting as much uh-huh. as you can into a carry-on bag, so you don't have to pay to check a bag at the that's airport. That's a good one. Yeah, and of oh, course, yeah. finding what guy can ask the dumbest question <laughs> of the day. So hopefully, no winners. We have a few gold medalists in that category. So Mike. Schilt, it's going to be great to see you this weekend at uh, Winter Warm-Up downtown. Have fun, too, at the I-70 Clinic. You can go to i70clinic.com for more information. I know just one of the many events that you're going to be a part of. You'll be over at SLU as well on Friday. So a busy, busy man, and we appreciate the time. We'll have a good time, and um, great catching up with you guys. Look forward to seeing you over the weekend. Thanks, All Mike. Right, Mike. Take care. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs are on sale now and feature 2019's top games and promotional dates. Choose from the opening day pack, the jersey pack, the bobblehead pack, Cubs pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just $79. Get yours at cardinals.com slash packs. We'll visit with Bob Costas next. It's Cardinals Countdown to opening day presented by Amarant. Back in a moment on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amarin along with Mike Claiborne. I'm Chris Raby on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network and great to have Bob Costas with us. Bob will be awarded the Red Shandienst Medal on Sunday night at the Baseball Writers Dinner at Union Station Hotel. You can go to MetroTix.com to grab one of the remaining seats. Bob, it's great to have you on the program. What's it like to come back to St. Louis this time of year and be a part of this event and, and specifically in St. Louis, one of the few writers dinners that we still have around the country? Well, St. Louis is such a fabulous baseball town that it shouldn't surprise anybody that it's among the two or three cities that still has it. Almost all major league cities used to have it, but I don't see this ending in St. Louis anytime soon. The passion for baseball, both in season and out, is part of what makes St. Louis distinctive. So I'm always happy to come back as often as I can, and especially when it involves baseball. Hey, uh, red medal winner which is an esteemed award, to go along with the Hall of Fame induction ceremony of this 2018. Uh, You had a lot of great things happen to you in your career, but uh, as you reflect on the last 12 months of your life, uh, has it gotten any better? Well, you know, I'm beginning to feel as if I've been over-honored 
but at the same time, you appreciate it, especially when it comes from St. Louis. And there have been a handful of things in the last several months uh, where people in St. Louis tipped their cap to me, and I just want them to know that I appreciate them at least as much as they appreciate me. Bob, we got the news this year at the winter meeting, similar to last year, as it was announced that you'd be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, we saw Alan Trammell go in last year, Jack Morris as well. But Lee Smith and Harold Baines will be headed to the National Baseball Hall of Fame this summer. I know Lee holds a special place in so many baseball fans' hearts in St. Louis, in Chicago as well. When you think about Lee Smith, the ball player, what comes to mind, and uh, how do you reflect over the last month on Lee finally getting that call to Cooperstown? Well, a towering presence, uh, one of the premier relievers of his generation, uh, hurt a little bit in terms of how he set in the public mind by the fact that he pitched for a number of different teams. Uh, so too did Bruce Souter, but I think he set as either a Cub or primarily as a Cardinal, because, especially because of the Cardinals' World Series win in 1982, which he closed out before he went on to Atlanta a few years later. But, um, you know, he, Souter has that quality uh, over someone like Lee Smith because Lee bounced around a little bit, but the numbers don't lie, so he's certainly worthy of Hall of Fame consideration. Speaking of Hall of Famers, it was announced today that Marty Brenneman, the longtime voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and one-time voice, if I'm not mistaken, of the Virginia Squires in the ABA, Correct. Uh, Correct. is is going to retire after this year. And we've all, all known Marty for so many years, and he wears his emotions on his sleeves. Uh, your thoughts on Marty Brenneman and him stepping down? Well, he's long since been certified as a Hall of Famer. The voice of the Reds, after succeeding Al Michaels, by the way, mm -hmm. in the 1970s, the voice of the Reds for going on a half a century now. So his credentials are beyond question. You're right. He wore his emotions on his sleeve, and he could get in a state of high dudgeon on occasion <laughs> and take people on, including Tony La Russa. Oh, yeah, that's point. right. I mean, if, yeah. he, if you rubbed Marty the wrong way, he was going to push back. Yeah, it's funny because you're you're right. If he thought you were trying to steal a base on him, he'd have no problem calling time out <sighs> and, and reminding you it's not going to happen on his watch. He would he would brush you back verbally. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it, Bob. Wh where do you see Major League Baseball right now? Because it seems to me that the game itself is about as in good a spot as it's been in a long time. Uh, the talent is overwhelming. The last couple of World Series from, uh, you know, the Houston-L.A. epic and uh, then having L.A. and Boston this year. I mean, the actual product is, has been so good. It seems a little strange to me that we're focused so much these last two off-seasons on what's not happening and how slow the market has been to develop, especially when it comes to free agents. Well, so much media now, and every day is sort of like a Machado Harper watch as the sand through the hourglass. And as much as I enjoy baseball, and I do pay some attention to this stuff, I'm not taking a deep dive into it. Mm. Wake me up when the rosters are set for the regular season, and then I will memorize all of them and be ready to go. You, you know, for you, and I'm glad you brought up the games, um, as I look at your career, you've worked with some phenomenal analysts over the course of time, going back to Tony Kubek and uh, Jim Codd and John Smoltz and some other guys in between. Bob Euchre, uh, Joe Morgan. Yeah. I mean, you ever thought about, man, I, I've really been on a good roll here with some really insightful people. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And in basketball, Doug Collins, who in my mind is the best NBA yes. analyst that I ever heard or worked with, 
um, Ahmad Rashad in a different respect, uh, a real star quality guy and a really good guy. I enjoy his company so much on and off the air. Uh, Bob Trumpy and I were a pretty good pair in the early 80s before I began hosting the NFL show, doing games uh, on NBC, and Trump was an outspoken guy uh, who never was short on opinions. And I'm probably uh, – Pat Riley for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, he was just refueling in between the Lakers and the Knicks, but still worked with Riley for a year. And for that matter, O.J. Simpson. You know, it's interesting. You, you talk and about – And you moved right on past that. No, I, was, yeah, I mean, what can I say? I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much already been, And Julia Serving. Oh, yeah, the you, doctor. Uh, yes. My yes, personal favorite. The at the 50th ABA reunion last April in Indianapolis, and the man is still smooth. He is the most elegant guy that's come down the pike in a long, long time. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you about – uh, working with a lot of these different guys, who, who was the one person that you you came away? You mentioned Doug Collins, who I, I wholeheartedly agree. He saw things, um, maybe as a player, maybe as a coach, that really was simple for fans to follow. And I think yeah. that's something about him uh, that I wish he was more involved in the business from an analyst standpoint. He just did a phenomenal job. Yeah, he did. You know, you get up there a little bit, and I know the feeling, too, and you don't want to travel all over the country as much as you once did. So toward the end on uh, TNT, or he was taking games. He had a home in Arizona, so they were mostly giving him West Coast games. Uh, and now, of course, his son Chris is uh, the coach at Northwestern. And so for part of the year, Doug lives in Chicago, uh, he and his wife Kathy, to be close to Chris, and he's kind of a basketball whisperer, so he can help Chris with what's going on at Northwestern. So I think he's living the life that uh, he wants to live. Whenever I'm either in Arizona or in Chicago, he and I get together for dinner. He's doing great. It's pretty amazing how former players and coaches who have been at the highest level, some of them can make that transition and then on the air, TV or radio or in a studio, just explain in a different way how things happen. I could watch film and and study for decades and and never get the kind of insight. And, And some of them, some of the names that you just rattled off, Bob, that you've been lucky enough to work with, just I'm sure in large part to you, just, just make it seem so effortless at times. Yeah, you have to be comfortable. Otherwise, the viewer at home will not be comfortable. To simply have technical knowledge, while that's crucial, it's not enough. Uh, you need anecdotes. You need a sense of humor. You need a sense of timing and pace, all those things. It isn't enough just to say, here, Here's all my knowledge. I can ace the test. There's more to it than that. Uh, one final question for me. Baseball this year, I, I know we're far off as far as scheduling is concerned, mm-hmm. but you have, obviously, with the MLB Network, you can do the the marquee games. I mean, uh, do you anticipate doing more games at this point? Because you, you're normally going to get a good game on the schedule. It's not yeah. like you're going to face, you know, two teams that have nowhere to go but up. Uh, So what's that going to look like for you? Or do you know? Well, they do 26 regular season games from late March, which is when the season starts these days, uh, through September, and then two postseason games. I'll do 20 of the 26 games plus the two postseason games, and that'll be at every World Series game for all their surrounding programming. They don't have the games themselves. Of course, those are on Fox, but they have hours and hours of programming before and after each game, so I'll be part of that, and I'll also be part of the All-Star Game coverage. Will you do any spring training runs this year, or are we beyond that at this point, knowing what's what's already out there? 
You know, I've been known to drop in on spring training, but not like I used to when I'd spend a whole month there and sometimes take in two games a day at the old Al Lang Stadium in St. Petersburg. Um, you know, everything to everything there is a season. So if I've moved into a different season. <laughs> all right, well, you have to come through Jupiter. I want to buy you dinner. I got a great spot for us. Do I have to go all the way to Jupiter just to eat? <laughs> well, uh, to eat with me, that that's probably well, how it's going to work. But there you go. All I, I right. got a good spot for us. And I so, get it. So okay. make your way down there this year. It's a great area to, to spend some time and watch some good baseball. We have enough teams around us, so it makes it a little bit more fun. A tempting offer. All right. Bob, thanks so much. I uh, can't wait to see you this weekend in St. Louis. Again, the Baseball Writers Dinner Sunday. Bob will be getting the red Shane Deans medal. You can go to MetroTix.com right now. Have a safe trip. Appreciate the time, as always. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mike. Well, of course, the Baseball Writers Dinner, all part of the Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up Weekend. Winter Warm-Up this Saturday, January 19th through Monday, January 21st. Purchase Winter Warm-Up admission tickets and autograph tickets at cardinals.com slash WWU. We'll talk some tickets and more with Martin Coco next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Chris Raby with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. And we are joined by the Director of Ticket Sales and Marketing, Martin Coco, as the Redbirds get ready for a big weekend, not just here in St. Louis at the Hyatt Regency at the Arch, but throughout Cardinal Nation. Martin, how are you, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Chris. Always one of my favorite weekends of the year. Not only are we a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting, we have winter warm-up, and then uh, we hit the road with the Cardinals Caravan. This year, the 2019 Cardinals Caravan to visit 20 cities. Over the holiday weekend, six different caravans across six states. This is pretty incredible, man. And, and you've got, again, another fantastic lineup of Cardinals and alumni. Yeah, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, uh, predates me and, and really anybody else. This goes back to the 60s, uh, Cardinals Caravan, and uh, it speaks a lot just to the the wide reach of our fan base that we can go this far out into this many places uh, far away from St. Louis and find uh, the Cardinals fan base and have an event and uh, take the players out. It's, it's really fun just to see the players interact with these uh, great fans who are coming to St. Louis all season long. We get to turn the tables and take the, take the team out to them to say thank you and, uh, and get to meet with them. It's unbelievable. Six different caravans, six states, 20 cities. It's, I think, amazing uh, the footprint that you guys have, how this continues to expand, and really how all of us are able to get to some of the communities and some of the parts of Cardinal Nation that maybe aren't uh, easily able to get to us at a moment's notice, but to have that kind of relationship, it's, it's a testament to you guys, to the players, and to all the planning that goes into this weekend, Martin. Yeah, a lot does go into it, and we feel like it, it matches up really well with the winter warm-up weekend, uh, sort of, as you mentioned at the start, just sort of being the kickoff to uh, to baseball season, even though uh, we're, we're a little bit of a ways away from spring training. Once we have the caravan and the winter warm-up and the riders' dinner, we're we're looking uh, full speed ahead towards, uh, towards baseball time. You can go to cardinals.com slash caravan for the full schedule, but how about the lineup? Paul DeYoung, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks, uh, Alex Reyes, Harrison Bader, Dakota Hudson. It says a lot about the players, Martin, that they are uh, on board to spend a couple of days during the offseason and during already a busy weekend with winter warm-up going on in St. Louis. And 
you know, I can tell everyone firsthand how much the players enjoy getting out and spending time with the fans and uh, a lot of them seeing familiar faces. It's just great to have such a, a great group of current players and alumni on every caravan. Yeah, we do. Uh, we routinely get good player participation, and that's certainly the same this year. And the fun part is is uh, the interaction, too, that uh, the fans get to see and that we get to see with both current and former players and even up-and-coming prospects. There's some guys on the trip uh, each year that fans might not be as familiar with, but then you come back around a year or two later and all of a sudden they're uh, in the starting lineup. I mean, some names from the past I remember – uh, being on a caravan with David Freeze and people didn't know too much about him. And then you turn around a year or two later and he's a World Series MVP. So uh, it's it's definitely a, a good interaction player wise and uh, fun to see fun to see who's on the trip and who you never know who the, who your next uh, superstar might be. Cardinals.com slash caravan. You can see uh, if a caravan is coming near you and autograph tickets are handed out at every stop to first 400 kids to guarantee them an autograph from everyone you see some of the uh, fans that come out and holy cow man there have been times that uh, I haven't wanted to sign stuff because of some of the names that's on some of the memorabilia they bring back year in and year out you're talking about Hall of Famers and and guys that go on to have incredible careers and Cardinals alumni it's it's remarkable how some of the fans that that come out or you know have made multiple stops are able to uh, have awesome experiences year after year with the team that's right. That's right. But of course, that Chris Raby autograph would only hey, add add to the value of the item. Right? I'll tell you what. Someone brought for me to sign a couple years ago one of the KMOX seat cushions from the infamous seat cushion night, and that right. was like the coolest thing I've ever signed. That's right. A little bit of uh, promotional history there. Yeah. Once you get the first uh, broadcaster autograph out of the way, then the uh, the current players don't give you as much grief. Cardinals.com slash caravan. Uh, you can also uh, check out the Cardinals and Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, what they do in terms of a food donation at uh, all seven Missouri stops, the Quincy, Illinois stop, the Dyersburg stops. Just an awesome part of a great weekend. Martin Coco, we appreciate it, man. Safe travels this weekend. Uh, don't get your right hand sore signing too many autographs and we appreciate the time as always all right thanks for having me well whether or not you see us on a caravan how about seeing us down in jupiter make your plans to head south this winter for sunny skies warm beaches and cardinals baseball packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687 we're back in a moment cardinals countdown to opening day is presented by Ameren, and you're listening on the st louis cardinals radio network it's a countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. For the final time tonight, welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amarin, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you. We close up shop and get ready for winter warm-up to benefit Cardinals care this weekend at the Hyatt Regency at the Arch. Hey, before we do that, don't forget about the 2019 official Cardinals calendar. It spotlights the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to unbreakable Cardinal records, and it's on sale now 
at St. Louis area retailers or by calling 345-9000. We'll also give one away right now to caller number three at 314-531-1120, and you'll win an official Cardinals calendar. All right, a big thanks to Derek Gould for joining us in the 7 o'clock hour. Bob Costas, Mike Schilt, and Martin Coco. Our executive producer is Ben Boyd. Mike Anderson here in our network studios, and Ann Carroll from the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. See you at Winter Warm-Up. For all of us, I'm Chris Raby. This has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.